Episode 22. Oh, yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> Wait, what 22? I don't know about you, but I'm feeling 22. Ooh, that's the perfect song for I've, this one. I've been jamming um, Taylor Swift. Yeah. Just to fucking get ready for her to release her album on streaming, and, she, or, and she's not doing it. I'm getting really pissed. Yeah, release it on something. God. Well, she sold like 2 million albums already. I know. Ari... Ari was like, oh, should I buy it? Because I can't... Get, I was like, no, just just download so it somewhere. She's like, I can't. I can't find it. <laughs> it's not anywhere. Taylor, if you're listening... I know you're listening, Taylor. Fucking put your shit on streaming. You already taken, made your money. It gets taken down so quick if it's put up anywhere. So. God damn it. She's a genius, though, you know? She's a dumb bitch. I'm it's, so like, it's like when Beyonce released that album, Lemonade, and it was all based around her husband cheating on her. Well, she made like bajillion, bajillions of dollars, and so did Jay-Z, so... I mean, they're all they're all just outsmarting us. Yeah, but she at least put it on. Oh, no, because she hers isn't even on streaming either. I still no. I still haven't heard Lemonade. <laughs> I've heard one song off Lemonade and I loved it, and it was uh, oh, the main fuck. one. No, it's oh. not Lemonade. <laughs> it's fucking Lemonade. I think you're thinking of Lemonade Let's Mouth. You're gonna but... love you like I love you. That yeah. song, Lemonade Mouth, is really good too. <laughs> that shit's streaming. Yeah, that was put on stream hours before it even aired. <laughs> yeah, that was that was that's that's when music peaked. The hottest sports news, the hottest sports takes with the hottest sports dudes. It is live from the eight one five. In the car, so come on, let's ride to the liquor store around the corner. The boys say they want some gin and juice, but I really don't wanna. All right, episode 22. Woo! <laughs> Podcasting. Podcasting, mostly sports, some Taylor Swift. Yeah, live from the 815 podcast. It's me, Colton St. Vincent. Jake LaRue is here. Hello. Um, I'm sure our third co host, Jesus Christ, is probably. He's, <laughs> he's always here, he and is, he's with you. He's also, yeah, if, if you look around, you'll see him. You'll see him. <laughs> Um, um, we not really much prep today. We have uh, we're just gonna talk nonsense for twenty minutes. Then we have an interview with Cam Connor, a former NHL player. This dude's cool as shit. Yeah. He uh, he played ten years um, in like the NHL, AHL, and WHL. He was a he was he was just a goon. He fought people. He he's played with Wayne Gretzky and Gordie Howe. And I mean, we, old school hockey. Can you ask for a more badass dude? He's I mean. so cool. He like. <laughs> In, in in the interview, we talk about how soft basketball and um, basketball and soccer are, and he, yeah. gets, he gets kind of mad. It's, it's, it was it was cracking me up. <laughs> I can imagine a guy. A he guy had a game playing. where he he lost like five teeth because he got like a headbutt to the chin. Yeah, he lost like five teeth, lost part of his lip, and had to get uh, stitches on his actual tongue, and then was <laughs> out there for the next shift. When was he playing? Is this like the seventies? Yeah, something like that. Seventies, eighties, sixties, seventies, eighties. Who knows? But no Cam, matter what, that's the most badass. Cam's fucking cool. He is—he's the host of the View from the Penalty Box podcast. If you like any—if you, if you just like old people telling—he's not even that old. Like if, if you—if you just like people telling awesome stories, Cam Connor's your man. We'll go to that a little bit later. Um, we're back in Jake's basement, back in eight one five for Thanksgiving. Woo! It's tomorrow. Happy Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. um, just just to remind you, Thanksgiving is fair. It, we we took it with fairness. <laughs> yes, no, there's no... Don't look into it. Don't look into the history. Just mm-hmm. enjoy it. That's yeah. what I always say. Yep. Just like, same with Columbus Day. Do not look into the history, because then you won't celebrate it. So. And Christmas. Yeah. Oh, man, that history. Yeah. <laughs> Real dark. I know the history of Hanukkah because of Rugrats. Oh. See, that's a great way to learn. Yes. That's, that's the best way I can think of. <laughs> All right, so I guess you know what? Let's just go. Let's talk a little sports and talk yeah. a little T Swift because I'm I'm still a little riled. You know what? Let's go T Swift first. All right, because I'm right. I'm just jazzed up from my car ride over here. Um, Taylor Swift's album came out what feels like months ago, and I'm the rumor was she was gonna put her her new album Reputation on streaming sites a week after. It's been like two weeks, Taylor. What the fuck are you doing? Where's your music, Taylor? We, we well, wanna, I want to listen, but I don't want to spend any money. It's just two guys being dudes here. We. <laughs> I, I spend money to get the streaming. Yeah. I'm not going to buy a CD. What, I'm not going to buy a record or an yeah, A-track. What is this, 2005? Come Ken, on, Taylor. Taylor Swift, you have made me the woman I am today. You got me through breakups. <laughs> 15 and oh. Fearless are the only reasons I like. It's like you knew I was 15 when you wrote that song. I think we were 15, actually. I think we and were, then I, too. And then we were 21 when she came out 22. Yeah. No, was, we were no, actually we were, much younger. No, we were like 18. We, we were in high school still. <laughs> yeah, but 17. I, 
that was, yeah. But either way, I related to it. And I continued to sing it, and I w- dreamed of my 22nd birthday when it would mean something. But by then, I didn't really care. I, so, um... It was disappointing. I wish I was 22. So, the new album's getting great reviews. The first few singles sucked ass, so I think she set the bar so low that everything else is good. <laughs> but she kind of she did that with... I liked with, I, I liked one of the first singles, and then the other other two. One was okay, and one was not good. So Yeah. I, mean, um, I wasn't a fan, but apparently the new one, it, the album's nuts. Everyone loves it. Good. If it's anything, 1989, so so good. Full of bangers. Yeah, people were going crazy when 1989 came out. I was one of the people who did yeah. that. I mean, it was it was hit after hit after hit. But uh, oh my god! One thing is, I follow her on Instagram. I don't know if you do this. She's been very cryptic with her Instagram and her. Well, that's new Taylor because old Taylor wouldn't do that. But but she's dead. So. Yeah. So who cares about that bitch? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but she, the dumbest shit I've ever seen. Uh, this felt very old Taylor. She's like she posted a picture with like her dog and was like. Going on our, uh, you know, our little tradition where we always go get the album at Target. And then there was a bunch of pictures of her going to Target and buying the album. Fuck you. Well, that is so pandering and lame. I gotta go to Target. My, well, she my has a tra- deal with Target. My tradition of she going to... She has a deal to, with Target. That's just re- lame. Like, that's, uh, you, I was just you like... You pay me millions of dollars, I'll do anything lame. <laughs> oh, I know. I, I'll, I'd sing, I'll, sing, too, like, I'll sing acapella... Little little drummer boy in like July, where it it, it has no context. It's <laughs> oh just yeah, the cheesiest corniest thing ever. If you pay me money, I'll do I'll, I'll do anything. That, I mean, yeah, I'm always for sale. But Taylor Swift has you know I don't know. It just felt very contrived and like oh this is my tradition to always go to Target and buy my own album. If <laughs> if if this new album has these bangers, these are these are the bangers from last. Yeah, like okay. fire, flame, molten hot lava, fire, flame, fire, hot. Okay. Tracks. I'm not. Um, blank space. Style. Uh, shake it off. I wish you would. Wildest dreams. How you get the girl. Wonderland. You are in love. New romantics. Those are those are just the those are just the jams. That's one album. That yeah. sounds like a, I skipped like six songs. That's like Katy Perry's whole career. Katy Perry, you are you are eating Taylor Swift's dust. Yeah. You must be saving so much money on meal plans because you are full from the amount of dust. All the dust you're eating from Taylor. Yeah. You know what? We'll go back to Red. Taylor's, Taylor's oh. second of two, two albums ago. We have Red. I knew you were trouble all too well. 22. We are never getting back together. Stay, stay, stay. Uh, begin again. Everything has changed. And then All Too Well, I think I already said, but All Too Well was voted by Rolling Stone as her best song ever. Really? Nobody even knows that song. That song <laughs> kicks ass. Fucking love that song. Look it up, people. Uh, it's, it's, it's a deep cut. If you want to listen to it... Um, I would I would listen to it by by yourself. Yeah, light some candles, maybe a bath. Yeah, draw a bath. Draw a bath. Um, do, do you I I doubt, do you remember Jordan Hermanson from high school? She 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 told me she cried the first time she heard that song. Well, I wouldn't. I doubt I doubt Jordan listens to our podcast, <laughs> so I don't care if <laughs> I say really her name. Funny. But um, but yes, yeah, so she told me she cried the first time. I cried like the sixth time. <laughs> you takes you. I I couldn't comprehend what you were saying at first. But oh, so <laughs> once I once I broke through. All right, I think I think that's all I got for Taylor's. Yeah, that's enough Taylor Swift talk. Taylor I mean, rant. she'll she'll drop it once she hears this podcast come out. So also, this is episode twenty two, and I don't know about you, but I'm feeling twenty two. It's it's what us. It's meant to be Taylor. It's what us pro podcasters call um, professionalism. Yes, and. The professional nature of our relationship with Taylor Swift is that, is that when we ask fucking for things, put her shit on we ask for things, you fucking do them, Taylor. That's that's our relationship. Oh, okay. Back to it's Thanksgiving, <laughs> right? It sure is. Well, tomorrow. Tomorrow. Who cares? Yes. Who cares? We got football tomorrow. You know that's exciting. I saw the Chargers were wearing powder blues. That that actually is probably the most exciting thing yes. about tomorrow's football. It sure is. Uh, those are those are easily the best uniforms in football. I yes. mean, they're gorgeous. I can't wait for like 15 conversations tomorrow with my family about those jerseys. And then they'll ask what, how school's going. They'll <laughs> ask if I have a girlfriend. And then I'll get a little too drunk and stop talking to them. Start talking to my little cousins. <laughs> and it happens every single holiday. <laughs> <laughs> little kids are so much better than adults. Adults suck at holidays. They all ask the same questions. So, And there's no good football. I mean, there's a little NFC North match in the Vikings and Lions. That's, you know, I just hope the Vikings lose, stop looking so good, because I can't like the Vikings. You got Chargers and Cowboys, those two teams suck. I mean, the Cowboys are reeling, the Chargers, I mean, they just beat up on the Bills, but who cares? 
and uh, the Giants and the Redskins, which the Giants are a joke, and the Redskins need to change their name because that's still... <laughs> How is that still a thing? So that's what we got to look forward to on Thanksgiving. The Chargers should be six and four if it wasn't for Sun Woo Koo or whatever his name was. Young Ho Koo. Young Ho Koo. He he, Ho. he missed uh, like four field goals the first two weeks and they lost by three. Yeah, they're four and six. I thought they were good. They have good. They have a good roster. They have Phil Rivers, which should Phillip be enough. Friggin' Rivers. Melvin Gordon, Keenan Allen. That's enough weapons on offense to do it. And then they have Joey Bosa. And Melvin Ingram, who... Uh, I like, saw Bosa and Ingram are like top five in QB rushes this year. Yeah, they're, I mean, they have everything it takes to win, but they just lo- Except the find a way to lose Speaking of kicker, uh, Connor Barth, eat a dick. <laughs> eat, eat a, a dick, dick. Connor Barth. <laughs> that, that, was, that was amazing. Even when the Bears, you know... You know, when the Packers got blown out, I was feeling real down. So I was I just there. flipped I'll tell you the, that. Yeah, I, I heard about it. We'll talk about that. I watched. Okay, yeah, but back to Connor Barth. After Barth's. being just miserable, I get to flip on the Bears game, and then all of a sudden Mitch Trubisky's making a miracle, you know, little drive at the end. I get re- even more sad. But then Connor Barth comes out and kicks the most pathetic excuse for a game-winning It was like a 41-yarder, which is what you'd need to kick when you're a professional kicker. On the right he, hash. He missed it by... 75 yards to the right. <laughs> it was It missed close. the net by 30 yards. If the wind had been blowing 40 miles an hour to the left, it would not still not have made it all the way there, I bet. It was, it was so just bad. Straight it Holy was awful. Freaking crap. I'm surprised. I don't even know if you got you got a ride home on that one. Like I hope did not. you get on the team? But now we got Cairo. Cairo, Cairo Santos. Santos. I've used him in fantasy many a time. And I've I also used Connor you, Barth before. Oh, I never used Connor Barth. But Cairo Santos on the Chiefs, he he was actually pretty effective. So, But kicking in the NFL is dead. I don't know what's wrong with it, but it feels like this problem wasn't as severe a couple of years ago. Or at least it you know, maybe just felt like that. I like, don't know. There's like five teams who do not have a kicker, and Correct. I'm including the Bears. Yeah, I would, I would also include <laughs> There's the like 15 good kickers in the world, pretty much. What the hell? <laughs> Well, that's that's the pussification of America, you know. Yeah, no more kickers. No more kickers. <laughs> My kid is kicking no, no the kickers damn or, football. No more kickers or, or fullbacks. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, those two are definitely going to die because of the concussion thing. Bring bring Sean Slattery in. That's what senior that's what day. Saying. Senior day just happened. Congratulations, Sean. Yeah, good job, Sean. I got emotional watching everyone's Snapchats about you walking out. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> I saw. I was like, oh my god, there he goes. Up. I wasn't even there. Um, yeah, so the Bears got put up a good fight. The Packers did not put up a good fight, and Colton got to witness it in person. <laughs> it was my first Packer game. I went with my roommate, who was a diehard Packer fan, and we, we sit down, and, and pretty much the first thing I say is, all I want to hear is Todd Rundgren banging on your drum all day. That's the only thing I wanted to hear. And they got shut up for the first time at home <laughs> since 2006. 11 years. So that was cool. Um, <laughs> the game was awful. Both teams played terrible. Yeah, the, the the Ravens aren't good. No, they're terrible. I mean, the way to beat bad teams is to not turn the ball over. So the, what the Packers did was five turn it over as much as possible early in the game. Holy shit! <laughs> and tried to lose by fifty, but they could only muster losing by twenty four points. I was so, I wanted to hear that song so bad. I was so ready to hear it. <laughs> Brett Hundley is garbage. He is garbage, and like we said last week, it's Callahan. time for Callahan autos. Bring him in. It can't be worse. There, it's not. It's not the Packers' offense, and it's not their coaching, other than their defensive coordinator, Dom Cavers needs to be fired. It, the- there's guys that are open. Hundley has some of the worst awareness I've ever seen. He has the arm to be an NFL quarterback. A lot of people have the arm to be an NFL quarterback, but it takes a lot more. Bringing Callahan. Everybody in our section wanted Callahan, <laughs> except for this old guy who's been to every game since like '75. So He's what like, the hell does he know? He said, "There's no blocking," and I was like, "I guess you're right," but. I don't know what to tell you. Hundley runs away from the line of scrimmage. He doesn't. There are guys open. You can go back in the tape and when in plays where Hundley gets sacked on fourth down, getting sacked on fourth down should be embarrassing. First of all, there were two guys open. Jordy was open on a streak on that play. This is an important third down or fourth down. And Jordy's on my fantasy team, so I want that. I kept saying that to everyone. Everyone <laughs> loved hearing about it. <laughs> yeah, that's all. That's all Packers fans really care about is how Jordy performs in fantasy. But. uh... Yeah, no, hopes were dashed for the rest of the season. If, if anything the Bears fans can get from getting out of Packers fans is you got our hopes up by letting us beat you and made Hundley look okay. And then all of our dreams were dashed. I still don't think it's over. <laughs> I think if Rodgers can come back week 15 and you guys are 7-6, and six, 
after watching Hundley get destroyed, I do not believe we can go seven and six. Well, we play the Steelers this week. Well, that, well that's that's not going to be a Pittsburgh. game. But you but you also have Cleveland and you have Tampa coming up. Yeah, Tampa beat the Dolphins though. I mean, but the Bears beat the Steelers. Yeah, I know. So I guess crazy. And the Dolphins are bad. Yeah, every but the football is ridiculous. Are bad. The, football the Giants is beat the Chiefs. Yeah, what the hell? Twelve off to nine. A, coming off a bye, the Chiefs coming off a bye go and lose to the Giants. Ben McAdoodle. Man, what a what a disaster that Benny was. Benny with the good hair. Yeah, but. so the Bears and Packers have easy games this week. Bears at Pittsburgh. Bears at Philly. Bears you know, at Philly. Packers just, at Pittsburgh. Yeah, just going to steamroll over those two teams. They're not important. Yeah, I haven't so seen anything from those guys. Football, Football's over. <laughs> and then so, so is college football, so we can move on from there. No, college football's not over. Wisconsin is still in it, baby. Um, we were talking about eight one five uh, players. They play one this week going against Demry Croft, former Boylan quarterback, is Minnesota's quarterback. Now he is probably officially the best quarterback to ever come from Boylan because he's playing starting for the University of Minnesota. That's impressive on its own. But listen to these stats from last week. He went two for eleven, okay. forty three yards. Three interceptions. That's but a, he's a rushing quarterback. He so be, he, so he had nine carries for negative 17 yards. But college counts sacks, don't they? I think so. But the, the week before that, he rushed for like 150 yards. So that's his, that's his game is that he, he rushes. Like when Minnesota won 54-21, to Demry Croft ran 10 times, 183 yards, three touchdowns, went that's nine right. for 15, 105, no touchdowns. That's so. all right. I mean, I'd like to give a little A15 love to, uh, but they are going to get spanked by Wisconsin this weekend. The number five team in the country who just needs a little bit of help to, they, to get Yeah, they that. just need one loss. But Clemson and Miami are going to play each other, so I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, that's going to be a fun. De- not, I would not want to have to make that decision. If, if no Clemson, matter what you decide, if they play are well and Clemson wins and Miami and Clemson are both one loss and their only losses are against the top four teams, I don't know. <laughs> it's tough. It's tough. I mean, Wisconsin doesn't have a great, you know, record. You haven't beaten a bunch of good teams. But I think Michigan and Iowa are underrated. Michigan is good. They have. I always have four losses. Yes, Michigan has three losses, but everyone's like, oh, and well, now, so they suck. But who they Ohio lose State's to? Ohio State's going to have three losses if you guys beat them. Yeah, but who they lose? They're all losing to each other. I mean, Michigan lost to Ohio State, Michigan State, and Wisconsin. Yeah, but you're saying that, but Miami and Clemson are, are going to lose to a top five team. Yeah, you know but Wisconsin's I mean? not. If if this happens, Wisconsin will have to not lose any games. So you'd have to take a team well, from if, a power if, conference. If Wisconsin loses any, with any games, no, they're out. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I'm saying. But if they don't lose a game, it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough decision to have to leave out a Big Ten team who went undefeated. That doesn't that we'll shouldn't what, happen. We'll see what Conor Rice does because she's on the board. She? She's on the she's on the selection board. <laughs> Why is she on the? Jesus. She's. I'm, I'm. I'm pretty sure she. And, and she's also a member at Augusta. She's like the only woman member at Augusta. Well, we're very pro Condoleezza Rice on this. Show. I'm not. I hate you, Condoleezza Rice. <laughs> That's shit. I really wanted that relationship to go farther. Nope, it's over. We're burning bridges here, folks. I love burning bridges, especially with Condoleezza. Yeah. If you're listening, Condoleezza, eat a dick. Eat a dick. You're not listening though. So jokes on you. A big problem also could be if Alabama loses to Auburn this week. Auburn then number Auburn's, six. Auburn's gonna jump you. That's yeah. Fact. Isn't that some? That's just terrible. <laughs> like, there, there's a lot of stuff that could happen that's bad for Wisconsin, but and not many things that could happen that are good for Wisconsin, other than somehow Alabama losing to like I don't know St. Apricorn State or something. Western St. <laughs> <laughs> Apricorn State Western A and M. So but, that's what so, the Wisconsin can hope for. So college football rivalry week with uh, Alabama Auburn, and then there's one other big one I can't remember, but. Wisconsin, Minnesota. I don't, I don't even care anymore. Paul Bunyan's axe, baby. Oh, <laughs> big. Cool. I, did uh, Notre Dame win last week? They, they, they ended up. They beat Navy. They squeaked it out versus Navy. 24-17. <laughs> so we're going to be in a New Year's Bowl. We're going to be like a Cotton Bowl type game. It's going to be very disappointing. we got Stanford. Who cares? Who cares? That right. game sucked. The Miami game sucked. It kind of sucks that the college football playoffs has uh, kind of made all the other bowl games kind of like worthless in our minds. You know, I used to be excited. If, was, if the Wisconsin was ranked 15th, I was like, fuck yeah, that's a good bowl. Yep. We're going to play a good team. That'll be fun. Now, if we don't make college football playoffs, I'm going to be pissed. Yep. <laughs> I'm going to be like, well, who cares? Let's go. Yeah, let's go. We're in the Peach Bowl. <laughs> Nobody even gives a shit. So, 
yeah, that's all for college football. There, this college football playoff might have ruined the whole bowl system, which I like. Down with bowls, up with playoffs. Yeah, they should. Uh, they Down should with bubbles, it. up with air. Yeah, it's a SpongeBob quote. Nematodes are people too. All right, we'll move on. Here we go. We're moving on. Uh, we want to go Bucks? to basketball. Yeah. yeah, we'll do Bucks. We got a, ri- a rematch or what is it like? <clears throat> a revenge game. Revenge game, I guess, for Phoenix. Greg Monroe and uh, the Aqua Dagger, aka Eric Bledsoe. But uh, the Bucks are without their top stars, Mirza Teletovic and Delhi. I don't know how we're gonna. <laughs> so the old Telly Delhi matchup. We have absolutely zero pasty white. Kind of chubby foreign guys. I think Henson's out too. Oh no! Oh, that's not good. Actually, <laughs> the Bucks have zero center play, and uh, Henson. When Henson's your your big man, the only big man, you kind of got a hold on your roster. But um, the Bucks have lost two straight. They lost to the Mavericks, not which a, is embarrassing. Smoked by the Mavericks. Yeah, not a, not a good look for the Bucks, but. Uh, I don't know. The NBA is weird. <laughs> you just gotta stick around all year, you know, till the end and get. I don't. I don't see the Bucks being. I don't think they're ready to be the three seed anymore. I think it's kind of Jabari. <laughs> true, true. I, you, everyone forgets about Jabari. I guess if our team really comes together, then. But. Uh, so that's the Bucks update. I, I mean, mean, I really have have nothing else. Yeah, the East looks tougher because the Celtics actually look like. The, might be the best Celtics. team in the league. Yeah, they're very good. Which sucks. Yeah, um, I thought we should we should have some, we should have Eric Bledsoe say like tell someone to suck his dick, what? and then because they because <laughs> the Celtics haven't lost since Kyrie said that. Oh, yeah, that's bold. Yeah, that's I'm a, bold. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a crazy bold guy. I'm nuts. <laughs> I'm nuts, people. I'm crazy. Let's get nuts. <laughs> that's a Seinfeld quote. I'm coming at you with all the quotes today. All right, anyway, let's, let's move on. <laughs> Your quote machine. Quote machine. Uh, nothing really else in the NBA. The NBA is, uh... Is yeah, the only thing we have left is the Giancarlo Stanton rumors in baseball. <sighs> the leading candidates are the Giants and the Cardinals. Both would break my heart. I've also seen that he's, his uh, publicists and stuff, they want Dodgers-Red Sox. That, I mean, those are the four teams... I haven't heard much about the Cubs, honestly. I no, think Cubs are just in there because Theo's our GM, and they're going to be interested in every big name ever. And you guys have a lot of money, and you can afford it, is the other reason. So, uh, the thing is, is I think I would like the Cubs to sign. I think this is kind of a contract. This is a dead contract. I think Giancarlo had just had his best season. No way. I really do. I mean... I think the deal that he's getting is going to be a steal in, like, five years. Maybe I think like Bryce, one, when Bryce Harper when Bryce signs, Harper comes out, he's going to sign a five hundred million dollar deal, and every contract is going to raise because of that. And yeah, every contract deal is going to look. Like no a one's going to be paid like Bryce Harper, except Bryce Harper. I mean, but like everyone's going to get like eighty percent of that because because there's because like agents always say the the market is eighty percent of the highest player at that position. Yes, and so if he's making five hundred dollars, then he's making fifty million a year, roughly, right? Five hundred yeah. million over ten years. That yeah, that that will be a lot. I mean, Stanton though is promised thirty million until okay. he's 30, 39 years old. Bring it on! I'll take five years <laughs> of that, mean, oh, uh, and then and then take like four bad years. Let's go! I'll twenty twenty eight. Listen here, twenty. Listen here, ten, um, Derek <laughs> Jeter. I got a deal for you. All right. I just think this is gonna like you. You'll have a good year next year at twenty five, then you pay him twenty six. And twenty six million again, and he's thirty. Literally until he's thirty two. Yeah, and then when he's turned thirty two, it goes up. That's to good. Twenty nine, twenty nine, thirty two, thirty one. You get one World Series with that; it's totally worth it. Yeah, but then you're paying a 35, 30, 34 to thirty seven year old thirty two million dollars a year. That's cool. That'll be brutal. I don't know. You just gotta win once with it. I guess to make it worth it, I guess so. But I think it'll, I think it's not a good contract, and I think if the Marlins can get any, you know, a good deal. Marlins are going to get a lot. I, I don't know. I, oh, I, yeah. Oh, yeah. Know. He's Maybe. the man. He finally had his first full healthy season, and he crushed. And didn't, yeah. and didn't even bat that. And he, he didn't really have protection other than Yelich. Yeah, no, he, he played really well. He won MVP. By, and was, I believe it was the closest MVP vote in, like, 50 years. Yeah. He beat Votto by two, which I, I think Votto should have been. But, I mean, Giancarlo deserves two, an MVP. Yeah, imagine those two players on a good team. That'd be cool. <laughs> yeah, damn. They could be on the same team, possibly. Chicago. Nobody, 
<laughs> yeah, we'll just we'll put Votto and like yeah. catcher. I don't care. <laughs> Who cares at that point? Oh yeah, I I want this to come to a resolution. I love Giancarlo. I just, just I I just hate huge, massive, ten year long contracts. Love them because they just I don't know. I don't know many that have worked out that well. Other other than the Cubs, um, I would want him to go to the Red Sox because I think he would hit. If you went to the Cubs or the Red Sox, he's hitting 300 home runs a year. <laughs> 300 he, home runs a year. He doesn't do, who gives a shit about, about that monster? He hits balls 3,000 yards in the air, not even feet. Uh, the problem is I think his trajectory is so low sometimes. Like, he hits those missiles. So I think he in the Yankee Stadium, he'd be a little stupid, too, because these are all good-hitting ballparks. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I mean, that'd be cool. The only, just don't the, trade him to the A's, because that would suck. Yeah, the, the Phillies want him really <laughs> Yeah. Good. What are the Phillies doing? I don't care because I just I love Giancarlo. Build around him. Philly's like the fourth highest market. They got money. Pointing at the camera, no one can see it. Get an emphasis. Giancarlo to the Cubs. Bryce to the Cubs. <laughs> and the Cubs also buy Max and, Scherzer and, and, and Steven Strasburg. And then they bring back Babe Ruth from the dead. <laughs> yes, exactly. But uh, no, I, I'm just worried about it being a Pujols contract in a few years, where everyone's like, "Ah, well, I mean, they got a few good years." Yeah, out but Pujols' contract started at 32. Same with yeah. same with Miguel Cabrera. Stanton's like, 28. 28. You're getting four good ass years. Yeah, it, it, yeah. It would be nice. I would sign a seven year, you know, 30 million a year in a heartbeat. But he signed for like 12 years. That's cool. I'll take him. Yeah, I will take him. I think it's it's just gonna rise and rise and rise and rise, and his deal is gonna look like it's still gonna be a lot, but it's not gonna be the highest. Pay. It's gonna be like a top twenty. Yeah, I, I maybe by the year twenty twenty five, but I think he's still be gonna be like the number two paid guy for the next four years, which is fine because he's, he's, he's worth that. He's, yeah, he's probably the number two player, huh. number three player. Yeah, yeah, Trout, Trout and Bryce. Always, always just Trout, right? Papa. It'd be cool to see Stanton in. Uh, Anaheim. I've heard that a few rumors that the Angels want him. And then you'd have an uh, outfield of Upton, Trout, and that, Stanton. And then Pujols. That's so much That's power. That's a cool-ass lineup, but their pitching's god-awful. Yeah, and you don't have no real fix for that. You know who could afford him? The Brewers, baby. Mm. I was looking at the payrolls of the, all 30 teams. Brewers were last. Yep. Diamondbacks were like fourth to last. So that's actually pretty exciting for those two franchises. They clearly have a lot of room to grow. Brewers played like sixty million dollars this year, yeah, which is just absolutely and nothing. That's, and that's Braun making like twenty eight. <laughs> Jesus Christ! They had a bunch of rookies who just and Eric Sogard. How much could he be making? Hundreds he was of almost thousands? a base baseball like four years ago. Remember that? <laughs> I do. But um, so him yeah, and Brett so, Lowry were going to take over. <laughs> so that's uh, that is Stanton to the Cubs, Harper to the Cubs. We'll move on. Yeah, Cubs get everybody. Um, I guess we can... Uh, and then go bankrupt and move to St. Louis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a little shocking, but... <laughs> but I guess that's, that's all sports I got. And, yeah. and, and my Taylor Swift angst. Taylor, yeah. put it on! Come on, Taylor. Uh, we're not going to do Game of Thrones talk because Colton has finished it. I had no social life for six days. <laughs> I watched season six and seven in six days. I forgot about my fantasy teams. I didn't talk to any other humans. I didn't do my picks for my NFL pool. Um, so he fell off the face of the earth, and he blew me out of the water. I'm in uh, middle of season six still, uh, so we're just gonna wait a little bit. I'll we're probably gonna, watch it over this holiday. We're, we're pretty much gonna wait till Jake's done to fit, to finish. You know, let's do a big talk, and we might just dedicate like a 20 minute separate podcast to it. Just a big TED talk, you know. So TED TED Throne Talk, TTT Ted Bundy, Triple T Talk. You seen Four. anything other than Game of Thrones lately, or I started, have you absolutely not seen? I started. I'm a. I'm halfway through the newest season of Stranger Things. Ooh. I think it's good, but I I just came off watching season six and seven of Thrones, so nothing was going to be good <laughs> yeah, unless I watched brutal. season six of Thrones again. You should just watch The Office. That's a good rebound. <sighs> yeah, me, me me and Brock tried that. It, I laughed, but like I didn't want it anymore. I've been watching uh, Always Sunny because it's coming off of Netflix, and uh, that's such a great show. <laughs> Oh, my God. I showed my parents Big Mouths last night. Yeah, how'd that go? <laughs> have, you, have you still not watched it? No, I still not God damn, my it. dad laughed so hard. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah, it's so inappropriate. So many boners coming in. The first episode, one of the characters comes in his pants. Oh, good. So, that's, that's, I was, like, trying to, like, 
describe it to my dad. He didn't really get it. And then he was like, oh, my God, is this real? I'm like, yeah, man, it's totally real. <laughs> <laughs> is this real? So, yeah, so uh, Stranger Things, season two. I I've get, heard it's better than season one. I don't, I, it I might be. It. I don't know. <laughs> it's not Game of Thrones, okay? Starting season six, episode nine of Game of Thrones. Yes. There's nine episodes from yeah. nine to season seven, yeah, episode nine, seven. Nine, and one through seven. Um, four of the four of the nine episodes, you have a bad feeling. <laughs> it's so intense that you just don't feel good. Yeah, like like no butthole tension, like all butthole tension, like, no butthole space. It's not even like, oh, one person might die and one might not. It might be all of your favorite characters might die, <laughs> or all the bad characters might die, or nobody dies, or bad things happen. Bad things do happen. Good things happen. Oh, I can't you, wait. You know yeah. who I hate, I would just like to say, is the Sparrow guy. The old motherfucker. The high Sparrow? Yeah. Fuck that guy. He is so judgmental. He's always talking about how everyone's doing everything wrong. You know, I don't know what you got going on. I Mr. can't even look at you right now, Jay. <laughs> I hate the high Sparrow. I think he's a dirty motherfucker who diddles little kids or something. You know? I think he's a bad dude. <laughs> okay. I'll wait. <laughs> For those of you that have seen it... Can't say anything. There's so much good and bad shit that comes out of that. <laughs> so I'm just like talking out my ass. Crazy shit. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. Well, I'm calling a kid diddler right now. That guy. <laughs> so. I, I, I haven't looked at Jake in like five minutes. <laughs> we can't. We can't. I can't, really, I can't, I can't show him any signs of good or bad that happened, <laughs> but. Um, oh my God. You need to watch it. I'm trying. It's, it's hard. There is a moment that will be the happiest moment of your of your Watch series. It. Yeah. At, at least it was for I me. did just see Sansa and Jon Snow finally meet up after seasons of them teasing this. At least, or not just this, but also Arya meeting. I just want all the Stark I was so mad here. about all the potential Stark reunions and that, that didn't happen. That never happened. Everyone kept dying for Arya. I remember she, remember she just started cracking up when she oh. found out her aunt died. She just started laughing really hard. Lessa sucked. Yeah, she was weird. She let her like Thirteen-year-old suck on her nipple. So. Oh my god! All right. Before I say anything, we're just gonna end it. <laughs> All right. So um, here's our here's our interview with uh, Cam Connor, host of the View from the Penalty Box uh, podcast. Former uh, NHL player. Like I said, this dude's awesome. He's from. He's a Canadian. He's a happy-go-lucky little Canadian, and he is the kind of guy that you just get a case of beer, you sit around, and he'll just tell you stories, and it's he will never bore you. So. Here's the uh, here's the interview with Cam Connor. I'd now like to welcome on a very special guest. Uh, we have former NHL player and host of the View from the Penalty Box podcast, Cam Connor, ladies and gentlemen. Live studio audience here, Cam. It's pretty much just me, but but that was that was my big welcome for you. How are you doing today? Uh, Colton, I'm doing very well. Thanks. How about yourself? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for joining us. Um, so for, for those of my listeners who aren't lucky enough to, um, to have listened to your podcast before, uh, give a, give a little, uh, brief overview of what the view from the penalty box podcast is all about. Well, basically I played a total of 10, 11 years pro hockey. Um, and it's just, uh, for whatever reason, I seem to remember a lot of my stories. I've had a lot of life experiences and, uh, Pretty well, in a nutshell, it's just me rehashing my career, my experiences with different players, uh, with the game of hockey, and uh, it seems to be going over pretty well. Yeah, for for anyone who hasn't uh, listened to it, definitely give it a listen. Uh, the reason I like I like to listen to you, Cam, is because you you've been all over the place. You've You've been everywhere from the uh, NHL to the uh, WHL, which you talked about in your latest um, your latest episode, and you just have you just have some crazy stories that not many uh, journeymen of, of any sport have, let alone hockey. Well, and and you know, it kind of all started uh, when I would have a beer with my buddies uh, after work, and uh, they would start talking about something and then I go I got a story about that <laughs> and and you know I would not on purpose I would just start telling my stories and one thing lead to the next and then all say to me you should write a book you should write a book 
And uh, one day my son and I were talking and he said, Dad, let's start doing some podcasts. And I said, well, you know, I, I don't really know why I want to, but uh, he talked me into it and um, I'm actually enjoying uh, my uh, time uh, doing my podcast. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I'm glad you and your son have uh, made that made that choice because you've 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 really had quite the uh, storied career. You are you are actually one of two players in the history of the game to play with both legends Wayne Gretzky and Gordie Howe. Um, is there something that that you learned playing with either player that not a common hockey fan would uh, would realize? Like were either of them like a prankster in the in the locker room or anything like that? You know, there's a few common denominators between those two hockey players. But they're also very different. Um, the similarities being that when you talk about Wayne Gretzky and when you talk about Gordie Howe, Gordie in the dressing room was never a rah-rah guy. There's always those guys on your team that uh, they just get pumped up and, and they try to get everybody else around them up to another level ready for the big games. And, and Wayne, he'll say a few things, um, but... As like Gordy, Gordy said next to nothing um, in the dressing room. But boy, when they got on the ice, there's where it really counts. Because you could talk all you want in the dressing room, but you better, you know, produce on the ice. And that's what those two guys were about. And I remember many times with Wayne Gretzky, um, I didn't really, like when you look at a guy like, uh, like Mario Lemieux, Boy, oh boy, that guy, you watch him play and he'll put the puck through your legs two or three times and keep the goalie and put it in the top shelf. And, and, you know, you knew you had a real good night point-wise. You could see it. And it was same with, with Wayne. Um, at the end of the night, they passed around, uh, like, your, the, the game summaries. And you're looking at it, and I remember going, Wayne, did you get five points tonight? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like, like, at the end of the day, man, oh man, he gets his points. And then yeah. Gordy was the same way. Um, you know, Gordy was 47, I want to say, when I played with him. So obviously he wasn't in his prime. Yeah. But Gordy Howe, um, on the ice, he he worked as hard as anybody else in practice. Like, I was pretty impressed. He didn't try to ever take a day off or... You know, I'm a little achy, and I think I'll stay. Because, you know, he's Gordy Howe. They would have let him stay off the ice if he wanted to, but he never pulled the shoot. He was out there working just as hard as everybody else. And, uh, you know, I might skate from A to B to C to get to D, whereas Gordy would just go from right from A to D. Yeah, exactly. He, he used his mind on the ice, whereas I was, and a lot of other young guys, I mean, you have more legs than mine, but Gordy. He just figured out he knew what he wanted to do and he knew what positions he needed to get in. And uh, he was still very impressive uh, at that age playing with young guys. Yeah, that's incredible. When I get to that age, I'm, I'm going to be pretty happy if I can just uh, like walk around without without having too much pain. But but he's out there still. Well, you know, just because just just you're talking about Gordy, one thing that just popped in my head <laughs> is I remember sitting with... Okay, when I got drafted in 74, I was about 6'1", 6'1 and a half, and 206 pounds. And in the paper, they used to say, big forward, Cam Connor, big forward. <laughs> Good Howe played in the 50s in the NHL, and he told me that at age 16, he was the same height and weight that he was at age 47. <laughs> so he was he was roughly just the same size as me, about 6'1", 206 as a 16 year old back in the Good 50s. Good Lord. So if you look at those players back in the 50s, and I was a big forward in 74, Gordy must have been like a tar out there. Yeah, he's looking like a giant. Just like an absolute oh, man. For child. Sure. No, so no wonder he could get away with elbowing and chopping because <laughs> he was bigger than anybody else. Yeah, yeah nobody's going to gonna really stand up to, to Gordy Howe when, when he's like standing over, no. standing over like, like six inches taller than you. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. So, since you have been around such greats, um, you know you know the uh, work ethic and the uh, natural skill that that they had, and the uh, the um, hockey IQ that that we talked about Gordy having. Are there any players um, that play today that remind you of the greatness that um, Gretzky and and uh, how brought to the game? Yeah, 
players like Crosby or uh, Ovechkin or anything? Uh, you know, I probably there. You know, each team has their one or two standout players, and then from those one or two, there's still when you put them all together, there's still a few more that are even at another level. And me being, you know, living in Edmonton and seeing the Oilers quite a bit. I mean, the league all knows about Connor McDavid, right? Yeah, the next, and the he's next not great a big thing. guy. And you know, we, he's like Wayne Gretzky when he was here. Like Wayne, he made the other players around him better hockey players. Yep. That's what Connor does. He makes the guys on the ice that play with him better hockey players. And I've said it before. And this is just my opinion. Um, I know Mark Messi pretty well, and I love the guy. Never mind what he does on the ice. Just a wonderful man, and he's a man's man. Uh, I, I think a lot of Mark and uh, Kevin Lowe and his, probably three or four of the guys that played on their championship teams. I firmly believe that if Wayne wasn't in their life and they would sit there and learn from him, I, I really believe that they wouldn't have had the kind of careers that they had. Yeah, uh, I truly do, and I see that with Connor McDavid. Um, there's two or three guys that um, he's raised their game. They've learned from them. They want to play on this line, and uh, they are picking up. And I, this is a good example of Leon Dreisaitl. You know, he was a high job choice, but it was in the playoffs last year that he started coming into his own. He started believing that he's good. And I would credit that all to Connor McDavid. That's my opinion. That's awesome. That's that's cool that uh, somebody that young already has, um, um, like like old like like the old um, yeah the mentors yeah. yeah yeah the old the old wildly veterans thinking that already. So that's when you know the guy's coming up. He's he's the real deal. Well, you know, and that's one of the things I've said in my podcast when you know I was fortunate. I was number five in the NHL draft, and I was also a first-rounder in the World Hockey Association. And it was a big mistake on my part to jump into that no-name league because um, the team I played for, it was their first year in the, in the World Hockey, Phoenix Roadrunners, they were a no-name team, made up pretty well of no-name players for the most part. Yeah. And so we had really young players, we had guys that just pretty well had their whole career in the American Hockey League or the Western Hockey League. And then we had some really old guys that played a little bit in the NHL. So when you look at Dreisaitl, you look at Messier, you look at Kevin Lowe, the people that they associated with that played on their team, there was some learning you could do. If you wanted to learn, you could sit there and analyze these guys. What made them so good? And I know that going to the World Hockey, you know, I love the guys I played with. They had great personalities, but when I look back, you know, there wasn't... If I would have gone to Montreal Canadiens, for example, I mean, they had probably 10 Hall of Famers on that team. Yeah, and absolutely the old guys were, They have in the dressing room this saying, and it talks about how we, the older players, pass the torch on to the younger players. And uh, that's exactly what they did in Montreal when you the young players. They kind of put their arm around you and said, hey, Scotty Bowman's yelling at you. Don't worry about it. He yells at all of us. Yeah. And then you look at their work ethic and you look at their attitude when you're playing the big, bad Boston Bruins or the Flyers when they had the Broad Street Bullies. You can run a guy like a Fleur or Gainey or Robinson or Savard they're not taking one step backwards. They just get the fire going in them, and they pick it up at a whole different level. And uh, you're not going to intimidate them because those teams took on some weaker teams. Um, some of their leaders were fold. You didn't even see them all game because it was too rough. But again, with those Canadians, these guys, there was no accident that they've won more cups than anybody else, and they passed that torch on to us. And we... The younger players were definitely willing to learn from them. And we wanted to become winners and we wanted to become the best. And they passed the torch along to us. And that's what Gretzky did with his fellow players. And that's what Conor McDavid can and will do with the Edmonton Oilers. 
Yeah, that's awesome. It was, it was, it's, it's definitely a whole culture thing for the organization for the Canadians to dominate as long as they did. You, you did win a uh, Stanley Cup with them. So I was wondering, would you ever trade your stand, your one Stanley Cup season for a uh, 20 year Hall of Fame season with no Stanley Cup? Wow. You know, (laughs) that's an interesting question, buddy. You put me on the spot there. You know, I do what I can. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, this is, uh, you're going to get people that never won the Cup that would say they would trade everything, this and that, for the Stanley Cup. There's no doubt about it. Um, winning the Stanley Cup is not easy in the game of hockey. My God, if you look at uh, even the playoffs today, my favorite round of the playoffs are the very first round. When you get the higher-ranked teams against the lower-ranked teams. To me, that's the most entertaining hockey. And I think the year that the Canadians, when I was there, when we won the Cup, I think over the the season, they played something like 116 games, which boiled down to three or four a week. And, And if you ever took a picture of the guys at training camp with their just standing there in their underwear and you took a picture of them at the start of the season and then you play 116 games especially when you're with a team like Montreal where every team would get popped up when they played could be the, the last place teams like back in those days it was Pittsburgh and Vancouver they had lousy teams but when we played them I remember saying to myself wow they're pretty good. Yeah. And really what it was is these guys came to rise when they took on the good teams. And um, you have to uh, work hard over that 116-game season. Every game was a dogfight. And in the game of hockey, you, it's, it's pretty well known that you've got to be in shape in the game of hockey. And usually, and I can't say it's a rule, but quite often, when you play the game of hockey and you see your team, you know, they're winning or they're tied after the first and it's very close in the second to go either way. And then in the third period, you see your team lose consistently. That usually you could point back to conditioning. And so there's certain variables the coaches can't control, but the one variable they can't control is the team's conditioning. And most coaches understand that, that if we're going to lose, it's not going to be because our team is in good shape. And so with Bowman, holy cow, did he work us. Like, he worked us, like, like unbelievable. Yeah. And so if you took a picture of the guys at training camp, the muscular, they've recharged the batteries all summer, and then you took the same picture of these guys after 116 games, and you would, they looked like they had been starved. Like, they come <laughs> out of a... Well, I don't even know what the word is, but they're like a skeleton. Yeah. Like, you look at your body after and you go, okay, it's time to recharge the batteries in the offseason. That's it. So, you know, when I look at how hard it was to win the cup, you know, to answer your question, I probably have to say that it was such a satisfaction after paying a price of all year long when every team rises to take you on and you got to meet that challenge. Um, I, I, I would say probably that is true. You know, it's it's wonderful to have this damn coupling on my finger. Um, but I also have those memories, and, uh, you know, I'll cherish those forever for sure. Yeah, exactly. The whole the whole point of um, of being the best and then every – every bad team looking at your game as like their, their championship is, is why it, it's so hard to see back-to-back champs anymore. There's just so many, yes. yeah, there's just so many teams that, that circle that game on the calendar. And then you, like you said, when uh, you play a whole season of games like that, your body is just destroyed no matter how good of good or bad shape you're in. Cause you're still playing against these, yeah. uh, these guys coming at you yeah. with, with everything they got. And, you know, the other thing is, is you know, it's a long season and um, and there is plenty of example out there. There's a couple sports in the professional world. I don't even have to name them. I think anybody listening will know which sports they are. If they get a little bit of an injury or it looks like they might be tripped, they roll around or they won't play because they got a sore this and that. 
when we're thus with hockey players, I have seen, I mean, like these numerous examples on every team. And a good example in Edmonton many years ago when when Smitty used to play here, um, he got a puck right in the mouth. Yep. And Ryan Smith. And what happens? I mean, he lost a lot of teeth. <laughs> and, 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 and you know what? He's back as soon as he gets that repaired in the dressing room. When I say repaired, maybe pull out some teeth out of your lip and stop the bleeding. And, you know, they'll say to you, oh, no, you don't have to go back out. Bullshit. You know what? <laughs> Nobody's making you. You go. That You love the game so much that you play with your heart. And when I see some of these athletes have a minor little whatever and they don't want to play, <laughs> like that's foreign to me and the hockey players. They're not, honestly, we don't try to impress the fans or anybody if they look how tough we are. It's the farthest thing from it. I know that I had a guy butt at me in the mouth one night. He split my lip wide open. With all my teeth, I could wiggle them and I sliced my tongue open. Jesus and uh, <laughs> so, 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 you know what? You go in there, and I remember I was on the road, and the team doctor, you don't even know what you're called for. He could have been a fat all I know. And you're laying on the table and stitching up your lip, and I remember all I could think was, you better line my lips up. That's all I got to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah so, you, you got to keep this uh, pretty face intact here. Well, so, and then, you know, they don't want to stitch your tongue, but to put a couple of stitches in my tongue, like, my God, does that hurt? And does it ever hurt in your lips? And I just remember getting off that table, and I went right to the mirror to make sure my lips were lined up. <laughs> and everything was ready to go. And You're out there the very I next shift. back on that ice. Oh, <laughs> yeah. no other reason. I want to get that guy back. Yeah, yeah, you're a tough son of a gun There's out no there. other reason. That's it, but language. Heck, no, yeah, no, swear away. I don't care. Fuck, fuck, fuck. No. <laughs> yeah. Well, so anyways, I mean, that, that's 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 all the time with the hockey players. And and I can honestly say that if somebody pulled a sheet, would we go back to the dressing room and say, well, where were you? How can you didn't come out? Yeah, exactly. It'd be very, you know, it's so, so with the hockey players, we love our game of hockey. And, uh, you know, it's a man's sport. And just like football players, they play with injuries. 116 games in one year, people played with injuries. Um, but that's what you do as a hockey player. You love your sport so much that you enjoy playing it. That you yeah, that you're going to get some stitches in your tongue and then, and then head back out there. Oh, 100%. 100%. 100%. Not what, even, you don't even think about it. You do it. What sport would you say is, is the uh, softest sport out there? Would you go basketball? Uh, you know, <laughs> that sounds like a yes. <laughs> yeah, well, that's okay. I'll let you pick one. So you say basketball. Yeah, I think I think one of the ones that bothers me the most is when I'm watching soccer on TV. Soccer, okay. And then when they show the replay, somebody goes down. Yep. And they're rolling back and forth. And then you see the replay, and they didn't even get touched. Yeah, like and I their shoestring got grazed. To, I understand they're trying to draw a penalty. I get it. But I also know that if I was a coach in soccer, I would tell my guys, don't ever be pulling that BS, okay? <laughs> if they, if yeah. you go down for bullshit. real, fair I'll, enough. I'll swear for you, Cam, and then you just tell your stories, and then yeah. I'll, I'll be your yeah. swearer. Yeah, well, it comes out, it's part of the dressing room, you know, like just some of those F words, they come out one night, don't really want to come out, but apologize. No, that's fine. Yeah, no no apologies needed here, but, um, so so you were known as uh, as one of the tough guys out there, so I'm sure you've heard plenty of uh, shit talking and plenty of chirping. What's one of the funniest yep. things that, while you were chirping somebody, that you've heard? Like, like something that you had to sit back and, and like, try not to laugh? Well... There, there are many of them. I remember one story. If you've heard my podcast, you know that my best friend growing up and throughout life was a guy named Rowdy Roddy Piper. Yep, he, yeah, wrestling legend. That's it, and just a uh, hell of a guy. And uh, when he first started uh, in his early, he, he, he'd probably been wrestling pro for two, three years. 
and he was just on the local Winnipeg circuit and outside of Winnipeg. And, uh, and I actually had a chance to turn a guy, but I decided not to. But I just remember he went to a match. He was fighting just outside of Winnipeg, and he asked why I'd go with him. I said, sure. So we hooked up, and we watched this match. And then uh, there was about five or six of the wrestlers that were on the card that night all went together to a local local strip bar. <laughs> and so we were sitting at a table, me and all these wrestlers, and one of the strippers walked by, and Rod and the other wrestlers just said, hey, come on, have a beer with us. So the girl said, okay. And she sits down, nice girl, and she says, you know, well, you guys are real big. What are you going to do for a living? And they probably said, well, we're wrestlers. She goes, wrestlers? And so Rod says, yeah, you like wrestlers? And she says, no, no, I, no, I like hockey players. Oh, boy, here we go. <laughs> so now I played two years in the World Hockey Association, okay? And I'm not saying a word. I'm just listening, and it's a Rod. Being a gentleman. Says, what do you like? He says, why do you like hockey players? And she said, well, my brother plays in the World Hockey Association. That's why I like him. And so then Rod says, this guy over here, he plays, in, in, he plays hockey. And she said, do you play hockey? I said, I do. She goes, where do you play? I said, I play in the World Hockey Association. She says, you do? And she said, do you know my brother? And she gave me the name, okay? And I said, I know him, yeah. Because he was on another team. Yeah. She goes, you know him? I said, yeah. And then I remember she goes, oh, please don't tell him. Oh, please don't tell him I'm a stripper. Please don't tell him. <laughs> so I remember that season, he was picking a face off right in front of our bench. And I had to bite my tongue. <laughs> were, you, said, well, were you just sitting there grinning the whole time? <laughs> oh, yeah. I was just kind of going, because, you know, when you're the other team, you, you know, I'm old school. If we went to a bar after the game to get a sandwich or a beer, and and we and let's say we took a cab, and it was thirty buck cab ride, we we have walked in there, and there's the other team. We would turn around and go stand in the rain, wait for another cab, rather than go out and drink in the same bar as the other team. Yeah, and so, so, so when that guy was in front of me. I had to restrain myself and said, you know what, I'm not going to get a sister in trouble. So <laughs> I, I, I was tempted though, but I didn't, I didn't. Do you regret not saying anything? No, I think that was the right thing to do, man. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're, you're, uh, chivalry's not dead, I guess we could say. No, it was the right thing to do. It's, uh, you know, you know, maybe she needed some money. I mean, I, I don't know too much about it, but. I didn't. I wasn't going to say anything. So yeah, that would have been that would have been like an an all time line. If if you if that guy was uh, running running his mouth anywhere near you, you had you had yeah. the ab, like the absolute like missile in your back pocket. Just yeah, just yeah. Waiting to no, end I that. had the ammunition to counter whatever you wanted to say. But uh, <laughs> uh, just because you know her reputation and family, whatever was on the line, I kept my mouth shut. Exactly. Well, Cam, I guess the um, last question that I have for you is, do you have a, a yeah. Stanley Cup uh, favorite this year? Wow. Well, you know, I'm in some hockey pools, and uh, hindsight is everything. I didn't take Stamkos or that Russian, I don't like how to say his name, um, you know, that plays with Steven Stamkos. Yeah, yeah. Um, down there in Tampa? Um, I would... I, yeah, I mean, I them dudes lousy in my pool, and I would never predict that Crosby was going to be having a lousy start to the season. Although he did last year, but he picked it up the second half. Who's going to win? I would have to say, I would have to say. Well, let me ask you, who do you think? Um. Well. Definitely, um, as of right now, early on, Tampa is is looking like a well oiled machine, very well rounded and just just flaming hot. So it's it's tough to really look at anyone else but them. And obviously, since of what we talked about earlier, I don't see Pittsburgh going three in a row. That's that's so much hockey going through. Yeah. So, yeah. and you know, like it's pretty easy to say what teams are going to be. You know, like look at Montreal. What a like it's. Uh, 
And for them to lose 6 nothing in Montreal to their biggest rivals, the Toronto Maple Leafs, I personally was um, expecting some heads to roll. Like, yeah. that just doesn't happen for them. Exactly. For a franchise like Montreal Canadiens. And so... They have pride. You know... You can't do that. You know, no. And so, you know, it's pretty hard. You could just make a wild guess right now. But I think as the second half becomes a little more clear... Um, and if you see, and usually, this is not a rule again, but quite often, the team whose goalie has got the least amount of goals against, um, usually usually those teams are the ones that are going to be the best bet come to playoffs, right? Yep. So if you got a goalie stop in the puck, I saw when we had Ken Dryden in our net, um, many times, you know, the way it works, okay, if the forward make a mistake, well, you got the D there. And if the D make a mistake, then you got the goalie. Well, in Montreal, we had some good forwards, but our D was unbelievable strong, big men. And our goalie, Kenny Dryden, um, for the most part, he was outstanding. So we had a lot of consistency during the year, and Kenny would, he could stop a puck. So, so, I'm struggling to really think of a team right now. There's nobody that really is jumping out at me. You know, I thought Chicago was going to play good this year, too. Yeah, they they started so, off slow, too. Yeah, so there's nobody, there's nobody that, uh, there's no team that I can honestly say that I'm thinking they're going to do well. So talk to me in two months and I'll have a better idea. For sure, Cam. We will have you on um, as the uh, second half is, is closing so we can get your thoughts on the season. Yeah. Sound good? All right, buddy. All right. That was Cam and Connor. Of the... Roddy, Roddy Piper's son's name is Colton as well. Oh, wow. What a... I'm, I'm sure he's uh, really good looking and charming like me. Oh, just exactly like you. <laughs> oh, you flatter me. <laughs> <laughs> just like you, for sure, buddy. All right, Cam, thank you so much. Pleasure. I appreciate the phone call, bud. Oh, no problem. Have a good one. Yeah, okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. What an interview. What a class act. Great interview. <laughs> All right, so yeah, so again, big thanks to Cam Connor for coming on. Um, that is the end of episode 22. You can catch us uh, at Twitter, at BackupQB underscore blog. I'm at Colton St. Vincent, at JakeLaRue1. Go on Facebook. Give us a like. Uh, go to BackupQuarterback.org. For our blogs, our podcasts, go to... Rate the podcast. What'd you say? Rate the podcast. Ooh, you Nobody, sound like rape. I don't... You know, I mean, if you're going to rate that like button, that's fine. Yeah, but, uh, rate, rate the it. shit out of the podcast. Yeah. Subscribe, review, uh, share all of our posts so we can become famous and rich. Lifestyles of the rich and famous. That's the shows be only get better when we're rich and famous. Yes. Or it'll just go away. You don't know. <laughs> what of either. It's, it's up to you. It's a hollow threat. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it. Episode 22. We out. Sun. Peace. Peace in the Middle East. Yo. Be cool. Here's Taylor Swift. You're welcome. It feels like a perfect night to dress up like hipsters and make fun of our exes. Uh-uh, uh-uh It feels like a perfect night For breakfast at midnight To fall in love with strangers Uh-uh, uh-uh Yeah!